How do you capture the magic of a live performance? Today I'm talking about what makes a concert film great. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I'm talking about concert films, which are kind of an underrated element of filmmaking or genre. Um, The ones that are good are very good, and then the ones that aren't are just kind of there. Um, But they're not really done as much anymore uh, for reasons I'll get into, uh, a lot of understandable reasons that I'll get into. But also, uh, it's something that are kind of uh, sad that it's kind of a dying genre because the ones that are good are very good. So, That's the setup for today's episode, so without further ado, let's get started. One of the casualties of the shift in popular music from physical copies to streaming outside of decreased royalties has been the concert film. The logic behind it is pretty simple. Almost all artists make the majority of their money via touring nowadays, even with Ticketmaster and Live Nation being dicks, but that's a discussion for another time, and the combination of ticket sales and merchandise keeping small bands afloat and letting artists, especially pop artists who may not have all the writing credits on their own music, make more than they would otherwise. So not cutting into that potential profit base by recording your entire show, which costs plenty of money by itself, and selling it for less money than a ticket makes perfect financial sense. Granted, that does mean that when concerts are recorded nowadays, they don't always get it right. You get a lot of cameras that end up staring straight into a giant light at the wrong moment, wide shots at the exact wrong time, and overall the kind of incomplete experience that comes from being at a concert without being at the concert. The energy and life is often gone. Which begs the question, how do you do a concert film right? Well, here's a few steps I have for future future concert filmmakers. Step one is prep. A lot, and I do mean a lot, of the concert footage you see nowadays has a giant disadvantage. The camera operators are often reacting in real time. And sports fans can tell you exactly why this can be so frustrating. For instance, there's a ton of great trick plays in football where the only available wide footage is from the very end of the play. Essentially, the play works so well that it tricks the cameraman. And while that thought is cool, it also means that the audience at home has no idea what happened versus seeing it themselves. The same logic can apply to concerts. With a lot of modern concert footage, it feels like the camera operators don't know the set list or how and when people on stage might do something awesome. They're either remaining static or swirling around trying to get a sense of what's going on and find where the best focal points are. A great concert film, on the other hand, is in step with that set list, with the changes to the stage, when the spots are going to hit, all of that stuff. A great example is the giant suit from Jonathan Demme's Stop Making Sense by The Talking Heads, arguably one of the best concert films ever made. Now, as you can probably tell from the screenshots and the fact that the suit had to be made in the first place, this is not a new bit that they came up with. This was well planned in advance. Which means that the lighting and shot selection can do very fun things, like hinting at the giant suit via shadows before lead singer David Byrne enters the light. He is the focal point, and the lights and cameras swirl specifically around him for almost the entire duration of the song. Now imagine you don't know that's coming, or that Burns' odd dance break is coming. Chances are it would still be memorable, but not as instantly iconic, weird, and wonderful as it is in the film. That prep pays off. Step 2. Find the concert's identity and appeal. 
This step sounds very abstract, at least at first, because aren't the band and the show on stage the concert's identity and appeal? That should be the selling point. And yes, of course. The easiest way to make a great concert film is to start with a great concert and then work your way backwards. But not all concerts are great for the same reason. A Taylor Swift concert doesn't have the same appeal as a Metallica concert, which doesn't have the same appeal of a Fleet Foxes show. Completely different vibes, vibes for each of these, even if they're all playing in the same arena. Two of my favorite examples of concert films that understand this are Martin Scorsese's The Last Waltz and Prince's Sign of the Times, and yes, Prince directed it. Two very different artists with very different vibes in different times of their careers. The Last Waltz is the culmination of the band's career before they go their separate ways, so they're giving their all and bringing out a host of famous friends. It's a somber celebration of a rootsy rock band, pounding out their hits and others before saying adieu. As such, the whole thing, despite being quite rock rocking in spots, has an intimate feel. There's not so many wide shots that you typically see in shows like this, just a lot of close-ups on the members of the band and singers, so much so that you might be able to guess the notes guitarist Robbie Robertson is hitting. Very fitting for a group where musicianship and that familiar, always-been-there vibe to their music was the main selling point. Flip over to Prince and the Revolution, and we're showing everything we can possibly do to make Prince and company look like the most fun and badass show in town. Which is appropriate, since this movie was specifically made to sell his latest album and brand abroad. With those tight close-ups, while those tight close-ups are still there, there's a lot more emphasis on the stage show elements, including on-stage plot lines tied into the songs, the lights, highlights for each soloing musician, and the wide shot showing Prince and company grooving as they play. It feels as big as you'd want a Prince Arena show to feel. Whatever your concert is, you need to match the vibe. Step three, what concert films have that concerts don't, the little moments. I'll be the first to admit that concert films are already for the diehard fans. If you wouldn't pay money to see a particular act, there's little to no chance that you would want to see them play, <laughs> play their set sitting down at home. But since concert films are meant for the fans, they're also the perfect way to highlight the band's personality and what I like to call the little moments. Stuff that makes the band more fun and endearing if you're already a fan. Even live with solid camera coverage, most modern concerts and especially stadium shows emphasize spectacle, big visual elements to catch everyone's eye, and heighten the drama of an individual song. Whereas little interactions between the band and such are harder to see and pin down unless you have amazing seats. What concert films can do is capture the big and the little. So if you're watching Beyonce crush at Lollapalooza, you can also see her smirk at her dancers and put a little extra on a certain word or phrase or see how intricate the choreography is. Something I really love is when performers know about the cameras and then play to them. Like sure, the drummer or keyboard player may not be the biggest personality in a band, but in a concert film they can quickly win you over as they dance in and round the camera, or you start to see how physically demanding and impressive their contributions really are. A good concert film can, and should in my opinion, expand your appreciation for what a band and artist can do and are. This has been Scott's Off Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Off Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.